0: what's going on welcome into the sharp angle podcast on today's show we'll recap the first week of the nfl and go over what we learned let's do it this is the sharp angle every day on your favorite podcast player all right, special thanks to Sportsbet MVP, one of the best online sports books out there. Get your money in easy. Get your money out easy. And like we talked about last time, so many options for NFL Sunday. Today we're going to be talking about the NFL week one, what we learned, didn't learn. If you guys are looking to get involved with a good book who offers good lines for the NFL, sportsbetmvp.ag uh, on Twitter at sportsbet underscore. MVP, great online sports book. Give them a try. All right. On today's show, we're going to go over week one in the NFL, what we learned, what we didn't learn. Because here's the thing. Let's not overreact to sample size. Listeners of this show, we all understand. We're on the same page. We don't overreact to one week of data. Now, can we learn some things? Sure. There are some things that after watching one week of football, we can safely assume to be true, right? Now, we'll go through these. Now, I'm not saying that if, you know, well, we'll go more in depth what 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 that means, but in general, yes, we can tell some things from week one, but, but, but really there's not a whole lot that you can take away. Okay. So let's go through things that we should take away and things to ignore because what you're going to hear a lot this week is Joe Burrow's the next, you know, Peyton Manning, um, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are—I mean, are, you know—are going to be garbage. New England's going to compete for an AFC title. Like all these things, like everything you get from a hot take. Like, like if you watch Fox Sports One in the mornings, and I love Fox Sports One. I always talk about Colin Cowherd on here, but he's a part of this, right? Creating this information tornado to where it's like, of of course, if you say Joe Burrow had a great week one. Joe Burrow is going to be a great quarterback. There's going to be more people who agree with you than disagree with you, right? But we're not talking about any of that. We're talking about how to wisely spend our money. And if we're looking to back up opinions with our money, which is what we do on this show, then we want to be careful about this. And yes, Joe Burrow looked good in week one, but let's pump the brakes on a lot of these overreactions. So, again, Today we'll go through legitimate t- takeaways from week 1 and then a couple of things that I've obviously just alluded to where where we should ignore. So, one thing that we've learned from the first week of the NFL and this is going to be a new season, new learning curve because of the the COVID, but the hard count is going to be magnified. So quarterbacks like Aaron Rodgers who are masters of using the hard count can now utilize this tactic on the road. Something these guys have never, ever dealt with in their career. That has to be worth something. Now, how much? We'll figure that out in the next week, two weeks. Just give me a little bit of time, and we'll come up with a good estimation. I'm not just going to throw out a random number to make it seem like we you know, have this nailed down because it's ambiguous right now. But one thing we know for sure is the quarterbacks who use the hard count very well as a part of their arsenal already. Not quarterbacks who are loud or quarterbacks who can learn it. Quarterbacks who we know to be uh, very good at using the hard count. Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers, these kind of guys, right? Uh, Drew Brees. They will be able to take advantage now, even on the road. We saw week one. That's going to be a huge factor. The hard count will be magnified this season. Takeaway number two. Tom Brady needs a little bit of time to gel with his coaches and teammates now and I, I, I know what you guys are going to say wait how can we take away that Tom Brady's not ready but other the, these other guys are ready or not ready how can you how do you know about Tom Brady and my point with Tom Brady is we still don't know necessarily what quarterback he's going to be this year he could have a great year still MVP he could have a terrible year still that's not what I'm saying. But what I am saying is the way Tom Brady went about week one, the way he threw those two interceptions, the way he looked in the pocket, the way he conducted his business before the snap of the football tells me he's uncomfortable. And it still may only take one, two, three, four weeks for him to get into it. He may, it may take all season, but right now we know after watching one game that Tom Brady needs time with his new coaches and teammates. Here's here's the difference between, let's say, Tom Brady and Joe Burrow. Tom Brady, we have a lot of data how he performs in certain situations. What we saw yesterday bucks the trend for almost everything. Now, in sports betting, we want to look for the why, right? We're always answering the question, why? It's pretty easy to me with Tom Brady. It's probably easy to you guys, too. He's on a brand new team for the first time in his career. Brand new coaches for the first, you know, somewhat for the first time in his career. Uh, These players, he's he's just got around them. Even his old receiving core of Uh, Julian Edelman and um, you know, fill in the blanks there, he had time in the offseason to work with these guys. Even when Mohammed Sanu was traded over from Atlanta, they had time to work together, Tom Brady and Muhammad Sanu. And that's a great example because when Mohammed Sanu was traded from Atlanta to New England, it was one player they were inserting into an already complex, sophisticated offense that these guys have been around for a half decade. One player having to, you know, slowly pick up the offense, one concept a week is much different than an entire new team, right? It's so so different. So we know based on history with Tom Brady, how he performs in certain situations, he's got a good cast around him, but he needs to settle down and get in his comfort zone. So we'll see how the line reacts next week. Maybe the, maybe the line takes us into account. Maybe they don't, maybe this is a bettable angle. Maybe it's not, but one takeaway, Tom Brady needs more time. And the third thing we can take away is that the favorites going into the year, the Ravens and the Chiefs are likely not going anywhere. They looked very very good to start the season. I'm not saying they're both going 16 and 0, but to think that they're on the same, you know, They may not make the playoffs, or it's up in the air, or it's a question mark how good these teams are. I think with the Ravens and Chiefs, we can answer, they're some of the best teams in the NFL, if not the best teams in the last five years. Now, one team that I'm going to throw in there that a lot of you guys may not agree with, but I've been saying this for years, they never get the respect they deserve. Everyone was seemingly shitting on this team entering the season, the Seattle Seahawks, okay? I mean, at what point are we just going to say, okay, Russell Wilson's elite, Right? Like, I still keep going back and forth for some reason about this guy, and I, I don't know why. Russell Wilson may be the best quarterback in the NFL. I don't know why people don't see this, don't think it. Is it because he's short? Is it because he runs the football sometimes? Is it because he plays for the Seattle, Seattle Seahawks? I don't get it. I just don't understand why he d- isn't looked at as, uh, on the same level as Drew Brees, Peyton Manning, Tom Brady, the best. Like Russell Wilson's stats suggest, over the you know however long he's been playing, even his rookie year, go look at his rookie year compared to Peyton compared to Peyton Manning's rookie year. It's not even close, guys. Russell Wilson is elite. Now I'm not saying the Seahawks are elite, right? I don't. I'm not so sure. And I did say I'm putting the Seahawks in this category because I think we can rely on them to make the playoffs and be a great team week after week. Is it maybe because they're quarterback? Sure, like fine, I'll give you that. By the way, he led their team with like twenty nine rushing yards. That's gonna be a problem for Seattle. But as long as they have Seattle uh, Russell Wilson healthy under center, they're not going anywhere. So the Ravens, Chiefs, Seahawks, you know expect them to be juiced up the next couple weeks. Now, what does that mean for those three teams? If the market's thinking what I'm thinking, probably not bettable the next few weeks, right? And this is where we differ from the public because the public sees the Ravens, Chiefs, and Seahawks and says, oh, they look great. They're probably going to get a lot of money, a lot of action next week. We see teams look great and we know market tends to overreact, probably not going to be bettable for the next few weeks. Now, does that mean an auto pass? Does that mean we're automatically not betting on these teams? No, of course not. But we're approaching it with caution. We're assuming that's going to be the case. And if we see a situation, hey, we always take value. But my assumption is Ravens Chiefs, Seahawks going to be major public teams this week and are going to be really expensive. All right, now let's get to some takeaways where we should not get so caught up in everything because it is only week one. It is only one game of sample size. And I already mentioned one several times. It's Joe Burrow. If you guys think I'm going to get on here and say, Joe Burrow's the next big fill in the blank, you're crazy because he's a rookie. He's got one game of sample size. You guys know. You've been For those who've been listening to me, you understand I am way too a fan of, I'm way too much a fan of math and big data to let one game, one data point impact my entire decision on someone. Am I saying Joe Burrow's bad? No. Am I saying Joe Burrow's elite? Of course not. I'm saying Joe Burrow he's a good quarterback. Look, it's 2020. It's not 20 even 2012 anymore. Where quarterbacks need, remember that a couple years ago, 8 years ago even, uh, 7 years ago even, Well, you know, quarterbacks, when you draft them, give them a few years to develop or work their way into the offense. It's like, nope, 2020, you expect to draft a quarterback and they're playing immediately. Joe Burrow fits the mold. What do you want me to do, freak out, throw this guy a party? He played well. We expected him to play well. But he didn't have a touchdown. He had an interception, a bad interception in the fourth quarter. Did he lead his team back against a questionable uh, San Diego team? Of course. And look, my only goal on this show is because I feel like I'm getting that radio tone, right? I just got a little taste of when I used to do radio, but that's not where I want to go with this because this show has one goal and it's to talk about the truth because at the end of the day, the bank account doesn't care how hot it take or how many listeners or how much anything is going on. As long as we're picking good games, that's all that matters at the end of the day. And how do you, how do you pick good games? when you're equipped with good information and how do you avoid being equipped with bad information? You avoid falling into traps of thinking things like Joe Burrows, the next, you know, Peyton Manning. Now, I'm assuming that the Bengals are going to be really expensive next week and everybody's going to be betting on oh, Joe Burrow. That's because that's what everyone's talking about this week. Now, take yourself out of this situation where we talk sports betting every day, right? But put yourself in a situation where you're just around the water cooler at work or you're talking to your friends now in this COVID atmosphere uh, online or over the phone, something like that right? Your buddies from work, right? Your friends. Most people don't talk sports betting like we talk sports betting. I mean, most people don't talk sports betting at all, right? Most people are talking about the NFL weekend. It sounds like this oh, man, did you see Joe Burrow? That guy's elite. He's going to be electric. Or, boy, did you see how good New England looks with uh, Cam Newton? Or, boy, did you see how how terrible Tom Brady and Tampa Bay looked? This is what feeds the narratives that drives public money. That's why these favorites get bet on so hard by the public is because that's all anyone's talking about all week. So it doesn't matter whether uh, the, the Ravens next week are minus 11 or minus 17. Most people are going to take the Ravens because they don't care about that number. Right? but i'm here to say joe burrow we should still approach the second week of the season as if joe burrow is an average quarterback let's rank him 16th out of 32 which i still think is tremendously overdoing it but let's 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 be over the top here okay and let's rank joe burrow 16 out of 32 that's good. That's a good starting point. Now we can handicap this week, but but let's not become overwhelmed with the narrative. Let's not become overwhelmed from one game. So Joe Burrow is one of them. The second, I've mentioned it a couple times as well, New England. Yes, they had a good game. Yes, Cam Newton looked good, rushed for a couple touchdowns, but is that sustainable? I'm not so sure. They came out. And no one in the league knew what to expect. What do we say over and over and over again? The more that these teams get on film, the harder it is to stop. That's why a, a Tom Brady, who can do this for so long year after year, it's, it's impressive. And the Patriots, who have all that tape with Tom Brady, came out for the first time in over a decade, well over a decade, with a brand new offense. It was the fourth time in the last 12 years they had more rushing yards than passing yards. The fourth time in the last 12 seasons, okay? Think about that. So, no one knew what to expect from the Patriots. I, as a matter of fact, it's probably a, a, an angle I overlooked last week. Now, we still had a nice little week. 4-1 so far, waiting for tonight's game, Tennessee. If Tennessee covers, we'll be 5-1 and one in the first week. But my point is, or well, no, we're... Th- yeah, th- yeah. So let's go. Let's go Tennessee, baby. But my point is, that may have been something we did overlook, But it's real. It's the truth. The more that the Patriots expose what they're going to do and the closer we get to the playoffs, the harder it's going to be for them to win. And also think about this point with New England. The last couple seasons, New England was always one of those teams who was very average against the spread early in the year and very elite against the spread late in the year. Why was that? Because Bill Belichick and Tom Brady kept a lot of things in their back pocket. They knew they didn't really have to put their foot on the gas because they automatically had the AFC East locked up. Well, this year is different for the Patriots. They have to come out of the gates. From week one, we're going to see everything Tom Bra- or, uh, everything Bill Belichick and Cam Newton have in their arsenal from the get-go. So there will be no secrets in week 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15 like there were in the past with the Patriots. So the Patriots are probably going to start off very, very good and then slowly fade through the year, okay? So this whole narrative that New England is fine without Tom Brady, I'm not so sure. Now, am I ready to say they're going to be bad? Of course not. The AFC East is still the AFC East, and they still have Bill Belichick, probably the best coach in football. But we don't know. So let's not overreact and just dump money into them immediately because New England, like Joe Burrow and the uh, uh, Cincinnati Bengals next week, will likely be a little bit overinflated. Let's see. Who does Cincinnati play next week? Let's look this one up. Let's look. All right. Um. Oh, yeah, they're at the Browns. I don't even... We'll talk lines tomorrow because we got to buy these games early. It's important, but uh, yeah, they'll likely be certainly overinflated. If they're playing the Browns, the Brownies, Cleveland rocks, Cleveland rocks. All right, let's wrap up the show. One more thing that a lot of people are overreacting to is um, that the level of unpredictability that we saw in week one, right? I mean, it was a huge week for underdogs. It was a historic week. Actually, it was the first time since 2005, that three underdogs of at least five and a half points won outright. So there was a lot of weird stuff going on. It was Arizona, uh, who else? Uh, Jacksonville Jaguars and the Washington football team. The Washington football team. But I'm reading a lot of outlets today who are just, you know, they're like declaring this the season of anomalies, the season of We have no idea what's going to happen. And I'm not saying it's not going to be the season of anomalies, right? But I'm just saying that to assume that's the case week one, it's very assumptive where we get small sample sides provides a lot of, you know, weird things to look at. I mean, just flip a coin 10 times. If you go eight and two, can we really take anything away? You know, I'm sure a, a group of smart people can say, oh, it can make something sound good. Well, you know, the heads and the, the way the wind was blowing or something, right? Just like you can make anything sound good after one week of football. But it's just too small sample size to really know what's going on. We got to let these things breathe. And we don't know how the COVID is going to affect things. We don't know how... The home field advantage or the travel, any of this is going to impact these players. So to assume that the unpredictable is going to happen every single week in 2020 is just as crazy to assume that than to assume that Joe Burrow is going to be great next week as he was the first week or that New England's going to sustain this, right? It's about consistency. Now, let's rewind to the things that we can take away from week one. Ravens, Chiefs, Seahawks, probably not going anywhere. Do we expect them to be overinflated the next couple weeks? Yes. Does that likely mean not playing them the next couple weeks? Yes. But uh, they're not going anywhere. And they deserve to be favorites. They deserve to be heavily juiced up. Second takeaway is that Tom Brady needs more time. I mean, clearly, this guy was a different quarterback, throwing two interceptions, looking very uncomfortable in the pocket. How much time? We'll see. But I mean... Until he shows us that he looks comfortable and he's the same Tom Brady, why would we bet on Tampa Bay? Why would we put our money on them if we don't know? Putting your money behind a team is about investing in them, right? And don't you want to invest in something that you know instead of a guess? And if we don't know about Tom Brady, we're going to look to pass soon. And the third takeaway is the hard count. Quarterbacks that use the hard count are really going to be affected this year because now on the road you have a weapon that you've never had before in your life on the road. It's, 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 it's. more effective every, you know, in a given season because they can now use it every single game. So, guys like Aaron Rodgers, Drew Brees, who use that hard count very well, they're going to have an advantage. So, all right, thanks for listening. That does it for today's show. I know we talked about takeaways, but you guys think about this when you're doing your evaluations. Think like this, right? What do you pay attention to? What's not good to pay attention to? What is everyone else looking at? That we know is just a big disra- uh, distraction. So, all right, uh, good luck on tonight's game. Let's go, Tennessee, and we'll talk to you tomorrow on the Sharp Angle.